0: This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Pivotal Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Trainor, and on today's episode of the podcast, I will be having a conversation with the one and only Scott Gobel. Scott is someone that I've known for quite a few years now, and over the time that we've worked together my respect for him just keeps growing uh, and purely because you just realise how good of a person uh, this guy is and uh, he is someone who lives aligned to his values and is very strong in his morals and his ethics and his ability to uh, I guess you could say get shit done uh, which is something that I always am attracted to um, from a a point of uh, either getting mentored or um, looking up to someone and Scott is someone who has had success in nearly every venture he's or crusade or or journey that he's been on and for those of you who don't know Scott, Scott was a champion bodybuilder in uh, Australia. He went uh, pretty much over a 10-year span, really dominated the sport, going on and winning multiple uh, Australian titles, multiple Victorian uh, titles and... Uh, towards the end of his career started to obviously venture into the coaching realm uh, becoming a, a competition preparation coach and you know prepping uh, I think to this day he's nearly prepped over a thousand people which is pretty crazy when you think about it um, you know he's someone that has just a heap of experience and also pays respect to the science as well so he does he he really combines the two which is something that I think is is really amazing Um but, you know, to this day, he's got a very successful business um, and has his uh, finger in a few pies as well, which is something that I think is, uh, I would love, you know, we, we kind of go into this uh, during the podcast, but he's someone who always tries to challenge himself in whatever he's doing. And, you know, last week we had Brendan and Badeja on the podcast and he talked about the way you do something is the way you do everything. And I think... You know, it's a good flow-on effect today because Scott is someone who really emulates that. And, you know, whatever he's done, he's always done to the best of his ability and he always looks to challenge himself. And I think that's a really good principle that a lot of people can take away from the podcast. Whether you're in business, whether you're prepping yourself, whether you're doing both, whether it's in your relationship, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve right now, make sure that if you are attempting it, you're putting in your all and you're actually eliminating the things that you don't need you know so you know scott's someone who's had uh, a lot of success in everything he's done and he's someone that i'm so grateful to have on the podcast i'm also very grateful to have him present for us in the pt mastery program he's a a core expert that we have present quite regularly throughout the year he's presented on uh, the skill of coaching uh breaking through fat loss plateaus and you know also uh competition preparation so he's presented quite a few times for us on uh within the pt mastery program um, educating personal trainers on not just obviously the scientific principles but also uh i think his ability to coach and this really talks about him as a person is uh, you know, he looks beyond the science, but he also respects the science, which I think is something that, for those of you who are aspiring to be a great personal trainer out there, is something that you really have to acquire along your journey. And Scott's a great example of that. He's also a great person. Um, he has, you know, he's been very uh, generous with his time with me, you know, jumping on the podcast. Uh, you know, obviously, Uh, presenting for us we're extremely grateful to have someone of his caliber uh, present within our program um, and educate and help take the pts that um, you know trust us with with their their education and, and with their their business and with their career development so he's someone that we you know we're very excited to have a part of the program and deliver to these guys um He's also one of the good guys in the industry. If you aren't following him, go follow him. He's very funny across his social media, um, but he's very honest and he's one of the good guys. And during the podcast, we actually, um, we kind of take a look at his journey and look at how it's changed and look at... um, You know, some of the principles and some of the mistakes that he's made, but also have a look at where he's gone as a person, as a coach. And we take a look at his journey as a whole and really dive into some of the principles that we think made him successful. So it's, it's it's a really good conversation um, that we, we, you know, we, we do flow pretty well. It was one of those times where you, I looked at the clock and I was like, God, we're already an hour down. So I really do hope that you enjoy the conversation that me and Scott have. I really do hope that you get a lot out of it and um, would love to get your feedback as, as well. We're still in our infancy, guys, so, um, you know, our ability to... Um, grow this podcast and keep getting really Really great guests on is in your Hands and, and it's through the support That you show us uh, And you know the more support we get the better The conversations are going to have and the more um We can expose The podcast to some really really great Minds and really that's what this is All about because as I said before You know I think Conversations can be life changing and You know the more my goal Is to deliver as many life changing Conversations as I can to you that can really give you just an edge and, and really help you make better decisions on a daily basis, but also become better people, uh, along the way. Um, so as always, if you do enjoy the episode, please share, please share it with everyone and we can, you know, we can keep growing this thing together. And, um, if there's anything you want us to cover, I'll be doing some, uh, you know some uh, episodes where it's just me talking about uh, some to- some topics so I would really love to hear what topics you want to hear we're going to be doing some Q&A's and these types of things as well and any other guests that you want to have on let me know and um, I'll do my best to-, to get them on and sort it out we do have plenty of great guests coming up uh, so just let me know if you enjoy the episode and I hope you have a, a good time listening alright man thanks for coming on no
0: problem happy to be here
1: um so sticking to the pivotal conversations uh, realm, um, what we're trying to do on this podcast is have really, really in-depth conversations about not so much like I've got a firm belief that I mean the scientific principles and all these things matter, right? Like, um, but I have a firm belief that it's there's certain things that make people successful and make people um, or like the characteristics, skills, strategies, these kind of things into that crossover between sport, business, relationships, all of these kind of things. So uh, I was, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now. So I wasn't, and I'm, I'm quite young, but so I...
0: Are you implying that I'm quite old? <laughs> not would it, at all, it not would be at fair. all.
1: No, not at all. But what... I want to know if there's any difference in philosophies as scott gobel the coach compared to scott gobel the bodybuilder and we can kind of there's a few different elements that go into that but maybe not so much from the scientific point of view but the work the 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 philosophies that go into what made you a successful bodybuilder um and the difference between the ones that now make you a successful coach
0: there's definitely some similarities there because the work ethic is at the top of the list. Like I would consider myself a very hard working bodybuilder and now I would consider myself a very hard working coach. Ironically, as a bodybuilder, I was not a very good coach because I was very, very invested in what I was doing and I wasn't nearly as invested in what my clients were doing. So as a result, I wasn't giving them the level of effort that I would now for a client and I wasn't getting the outcomes that I would now. So there was some Definite, uh, well, certainly my coaching has evolved from, from the competitive days. Now, for me competing, I used to coach myself. Looking back on that and having coached hundreds, if not thousands of people now, I would say that was a bad decision. Like, Even though I was well-educated uh, and even though I'd invested a whole lot of time in learning my body and my physiology and my psychology and all that sort of stuff, I really think you need a totally objective outside influence to guide you. So in, in that regard, I think, uh, I made a, a sort of fatal mistake. I, I think if I had a coach, I could have been a more successful bodybuilder, uh, without doubt. But back then it was, it was about committing to it. Like I, I put a lot of things on hold in my life to be a good bodybuilder. I neglected relationships. I neglected business to a degree and I committed to bodybuilding and it got me a good outcome. A, a, a very, I guess a very good outcome by most people's mm. measures, um, and now I probably do the same thing with my work. I invest a lot in it. I commit a lot, a lot of time to my work. Um, my wife would probably say I neglect her and our daughter as a result.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I got the same thing, man. So it's, I think it's, yeah, we won't go there. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah let's,
0: let's not go there. Um, and I, I probably neglect other things in my life as well, like my own physical pursuits and things like that are probably on the back burner now because I'm far more interested in helping other people achieve mm-hmm. their goals. So there's definitely an imbalance to my success, I guess you would say. And I, I kind of think it's a little bit farcial to imply that, you know, success is achieving great balance in life. I, I just don't believe that people that are super, super successful in one field are living a very balanced life at all. And I've never been balanced
1: it's interesting man like i I look at that and i i resonate with that a heap because i think people try to find this perfect place like it's always this thing that where they're searching 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 for perfection of this like like you said balance but um you know for me it's the sacrifice that makes the success like something that i i kind of try to teach the guys in the mastery is that passion you don't like find your passion like it doesn't work that way like you create it Mm -hmm. like when you've worked hard at something for so long like that's when it starts to become important to you and then that's what your passion becomes and it's like um you know a lot of people that i've spoken to um and, and it's not a very big journey but it's like this inability to sacrifice for what the future holds like and and i think if we look at like a visualization standpoint you know visualizing your goal and that end outcome you know a big part of that is like that drives a lot of people to start the journey but then the sacrifice and when you realize that hey i can't do this like i can't do that like and it's the whole spinning plates thing like you've only got so many you can spin you have to drop some um and unfortunately it's not always going to feel good um and i think that's where the emotional compromise comes in like are you able to remove emotion from the the situation and assess for what it is and then sacrifice what you need to sacrifice um so i think you know i totally agree with that and i think um you know from whatever you're trying to do right and it's cool because it, it shows the the that the principles apply so you're going from bodybuilding to a successful coach like at the end of the day you have to there's going to be things that you're going to have to sacrifice like um and uh, you know that's that's one thing that i learned it's like that you know when i was building out the mastery it was like oh, man like I, I could try i could try put effort in with my training but man like at the end of the day there would if it would come down to picking and choosing like and i love training mm. right but sometimes i couldn't go like if i had to get stuff done i had to get stuff done like and and that's the priority um you know i lost i I lost like nine kilo yeah in four months or three months doing and like i went from 95 kilo um at probably like maybe seven or eight percent body fat to i think 85 at maybe 12.
0: yeah i believe it
1: like and and you know i think like uh, people you know and uh, i mean moving on from that though it's it's kind of like there is some type of sacrifice there and you will have to make it at some point and um you know the hard work is a part of that but then there's also the things that you're going to miss out on
0: yeah absolutely it's just about where your priorities lie when i was competing my number one thing was the bodybuilding and I, i used to question myself i used to think man, why can't I be as successful in other aspects of my life? Like, I wasn't doing that well financially. Uh, I probably wasn't the best partner, all these sorts of things. I was just doing enough to get by in every category, except the bodybuilding where I was investing everything into it. And I honestly questioned myself, what happens when the bodybuilding goes away? Am I I just kind of shit at everything now? Like, because I'm taking the one thing that I'm really good at away. And it, it took a little bit of a transition in order for me to take everything that I learned in bodybuilding and all the discipline and the work ethic and apply it to other things Uh, but when I did do that and I just shifted my priorities those other things just took off so it is just a case of what's most important to you and and for some people the answer is going to be different obviously and my family has leapt up in terms of importance now that I have a daughter so Mm. I have managed to schedule time away to invest in her and things like that so it it's just a case of priorities, and if something's really important to you, you, you're gonna put time into it. And I've I've had the discussion with my wife as well because she's like, I don't like it when you're this stressed and this busy, and I, I and I had to explain to her, but I like it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I, it, this is important for me. Like, uh, I, I need to feel this little bit of pressure and I need to feel this little bit of stress in order to feel like I'm accomplished something and moving forward in my life. I, and I've always had that, the expectation of a competition coming up or a ridiculous workload in a comp prep season or whatever it may be. Um, I like it. I like to feel a little under the pump and a little on edge and I've got to be on top of my game in order to do well at these things. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, a, it's an interesting mindset, but it took me a while to shift from bodybuilding to business, if you would call it that.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's, Luke Tulloch actually presented on uh, Cognition with Jordan at, at the last um, workshop and he talked about the skill of acquiring skills like your ability to learn and, and adapt and and kind of um acquire skills you know that skill of actually acquiring the skill doesn't go away like so yeah you may have been um acquiring skills in regards to um you know your bodybuilding career but again your ability to then adapt straight away once you left and um obviously when coaching and, and even family becomes the priority your ability to just go okay that's that's what i'm going for now and then start acquiring skills within those fields or whatever you want to call them mm. but i think that's really cool and that's something that um i found really interesting because luke talked about it from a performance standpoint so you know he talked about the nutritional side to performance but he more talked about um you know cognition and how cognition can increase performance um so that ties in um but i found it you know one thing that i kind of um uh, uh, bringing it back to the second part of that is um when you did make the transition into being a coach or actually we'll go back a bit so was there someone during your bodybuilding career and and something you talked about was you know earlier on was having a coach um you never had one was there someone that was your mentor back then and it helped you kind of build these philosophies around bodybuilding and kind of i guess achievement
0: there really wasn't no no i guess um I just, I just wanted to be good. And I, I liked the responsibility falling on myself. I, I enjoyed the thought of me being 100% in control of the outcome. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why I probably wouldn't get a coach. And it was a largely ego-driven, perhaps. I, I wanted to walk off that stage knowing that I'd won this because of me and not because of anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there, there really wasn't. As far as the worth, work ethic was concerned, there were other competitors which I knew worked hard, uh, and I wanted to work harder than them. And, and that was my mindset. Like, the, at, at the top of the sport, you know, Dorian Yates, uh, meticulous, incredibly hard worker at the mm-hmm. time. He was beating guys that were probably genetically superior to him. And that was the way I thought I would go about it. I would just outwork people, outdiscipline people, outsuffer people. Whatever needed to be done, I would do it. And I knew that my probably my greatest asset... I figured out early was mentality because i would see other people and they would talk about how they cheated on their diet and things like that and i knew i just never would i would i would sacrifice sleep if i only had to get three hours sleep because that was my commitment to training cardio and work and everything else then i would exist on three hours sleep if i had to just be ravenous hungry and wake up 10 times throughout the night wondering when my next meal was coming i would do that it, it just whatever it took i was willing to do and i figured i I just created this positive association to that suffering and Mm. and everything else and i just told myself that this is what's making me better than other people and that was rewarding and gratifying in itself uh so i just yeah i just carried that through and even now i I sort of think the same way like when i get up at 5 a.m to write programs you know and i've only had five or six hours sleep uh i think I think the same sort of thing I think you know I'm working harder than other coaches and I'm going to get all these plans done somehow some way and all my clients are going to be happy and they'll probably message me and say man you sent that to me at 5.40 in the morning god what are you doing get some sleep um, and I like that
1: yeah it's it's interesting like I feel like we're in a, a period of time not just in the industry but in, in the world where it's it's kind of like I don't know how to explain this but it's like you've got people on one side or the other where it's like hard work is like in that extreme hard work right like or there's the you know like the mindfulness and these kind of things Mm. and i I, you know i kind of stand on both like Mm. i like to be in the middle with it like um i kind of talk about it or i've talked about it previously where it's like you know traveling out of four or five but knowing that i've got jordan said it perfectly he's like i know what a 10 is because i've been to 12 yes like and that's just like that was really powerful for me to listen to because i kind of resonated with me not from like a, a training standpoint like I've, I've trained hard but i never went to the the deepest darkest depths with that side of it but i know that you know there was times when i was creating the mastery where i think there was definitely a time where i didn't sleep at all like it got to three in the morning and i was like i got to be up in two hours i'm very strict on myself when i get up like i I was like my habits and my habits and then i was like okay well like fuck it let's go and then went like all day the next day and got to about eight o'clock at night and i actually felt okay yeah but then the next day was when it like hit me like a ton of bricks but (laughs) it's interesting like what's your opinion on that like and how do you think people can go about having both of those things um with anything they're trying to achieve like the to kind of Mindfulness, Because I know that, obviously, as a coach, you would have changed slightly. Um, mm. Obviously, hard work still the forefront, right? Yeah, like, but absolutely. But then the ability to be mindful and kind of look after yourself. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know how to explain that side. But.
0: No, absolutely. And I think the answer is everyone's going to have to go about it differently because everyone else has mm, their yeah. own sort of ratios that they need to be working to in terms mm. of unwinding and winding yourself up. Um, I'm a naturally really low-key, mellow kind of guy. So if you were to just take me, you know, without any stimulus, I need to be wound up. You you need to fire me up and get me going in order to get the best out of me. Mm. Whereas there are a lot of people that are really, really high strung and then they're going to have to focus on unwinding. You know, they're going to have to focus on balancing themselves out. So uh, I can switch off pretty well. Uh, and I still train I make sure I still train and that is a really good escape for me if you want that's my meditation mm. uh, because at that moment in time I'm only thinking about internal cues and things like that I'm not, not looking for external stimulus in any way shape or form so mm. I definitely have found that I, I need certain things to balance me out in that regard but I guess for me and the way my psychology is set up um a, a little bit of stress and some stimulus and hard work and some caffeine and lack of sleep is good for me I yeah think.
1: i'm very much the same like i know that i'm chilled out man like 95 percent of my day will be spent by myself just like doing my own thing like I'll, i'm weird like i'll go to a dog park just chill at a dog park for 20 minutes by myself just like but then you know i'm the same like i need some type of stimulus and i feel like i was going to ask this before um but how important we'll, 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 I'll ask the question I'll elaborate a little bit but how important do you think continuous goal setting or like you know when you talked about when you were bodybuilding like continuous competitions or having that thing there to stimulate you and how important do you think that is um from a progression standpoint um whether, again we'll, we'll cross it over from bodybuilding to business to um whatever you're doing but how important do you think that is and, and just following on from that is you know I'm very much the same I need that stimulus with work but I also need that downtime and for me the downtime is sometimes training sometimes it's not sometimes I like the one thing that I know is my downtime is going to watch the AFL yep because it's the one time that I can actually switch off sometimes I'm that wound up with work and I have that much going on like that I can't turn off during training and then that frustrates me so I'm like I'm here to train and then for some reason I can't flick that switch so afl going to the afl is that one thing where i know i'm going there and i will not think about work once like i won't even like check my, my my girlfriend will message me like six times while i'm at the footy and i'm just like i i don't i check the my phone after the game like it's like a four hour stint so um i'm probably like i i definitely do use that and i get to the like i try to go to i go to nearly every game that's in melbourne purely for that reason well wow. because i just love the fact that it's switch off um so it, we'll go back to that question is like how important do you think that continuous goals cuz that's for me that's something that people overlook like and it's look it's it's probably when you've got a comp like it forces you to to actually look at the process look at how you know like we reverse engineer the goal right mm-hmm. you have to in yep. bodybuilding yep. but i think it's something that gets overlooked from a in a business standpoint like from a personal trainer right if you're wanting to earn a, a certain income or you know get a certain result with a client or sorry a certain result with your business like becoming a great coach and these kind of things like I feel like the goal setting thing is like yeah people just yeah I'll do this I might do this this week or you know yeah it'd be nice to have that or something like that how much do you think that plays a part in progression?
0: A massive part of it Uh, and I think I personally feel like I'm kind of stagnating If if I've got my business to a certain level and it's doing well and I'm okay I'm financially comfortable and things are good and it just stays that way I'll, I'll get the itch. I, know, I need to do something more. So I, I think the goal setting is critical. It's it's a massive part of my life, and it's not it's not even reaching the goal. It's having the goal there and striving for it, which is the best part of it. You know, it, it, it's funny how it works. So there, I'm always trying to improve some aspect of my coaching, and I'm in the process of diversifying my business now and looking into some other uh, avenues to you know, market it and, and generate income and, and whatever else. So, um, yeah, it's, it's essential. It, or like, I mean, where are you going to go if you don't have goals? Like, mm. and where are you going to go if you've achieved your goals? Just yeah. stay put. It's not, it's just not a way I can live or go about. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, yeah. And
1: the way I put it is like, it's just a lack of clarity, right? Like the thing that excites me is like, Hey, I can fucking actually do this. Like mm. I could create this. I could, like, I could definitely achieve that, right? And, and like, there's one thing to set a goal, but there's one thing to actually look in, in depth of what it's going to take for you to achieve the goal. Like, for me, I look at it something and I'm like, okay, like, I, that's very scary. Like, I could achieve that. But fuck, like, imagine what I have to do to actually achieve it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one thing that I can hand on heart say is that since starting The Mastery, man like i've had to grow and adapt and like just even managing how the mastery looks from an internal perspective of how it's run and then also looking at okay well if if i'm actually going to run this what do i need to learn what do i need to start to think about right and what what you know from there what does it actually mean from uh, sorry what do i actually have to start learning and then actually filling out from now until 12 months is exciting because i can actually look at what books i have to have uh what books i have to read and what courses i have to do where i have to start learning and that's the thing that i'm like yes like because then you get to apply it as well which is the cool thing and i think like that's the thing that when we think about training that's the great thing is like uh, from a coach's point of view and also if like I know that I've had a few coaches. So when you get the change and you look at what is necess- what, you, what you need to achieve over the next two weeks, you can actually pretty clearly see, okay, well, is this going to work? And does it work in the moment? And you can start to see the body composition changes and these kind of things. But for me, it's the same thing with my learning. Is like, you know, I'll be reading a book, like I read two hours every day, um, like every morning. But then I'm having a conversation with someone And it gets applied straight away like there's just i'm it's i'm making these connections in my head which for me that's the exciting thing like i think that's the, the the process that excites me the most the outcome is just giving me clarity i know where to go i can create this it gets me a little bit excited and and then you know obviously obstacles come in these kind of things but um For me that's that's the exciting thing is that process of 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 applying it and seeing the changes and seeing the progression as it's happening and then i'm always looking 12 months ahead and and just kind of playing with what it's going to you know what what i need to do and and reverse engineering it so i think it plays a huge role and if you know with personal trainers it's or especially in business because it's not something that comes natural to most pts like Yes, I'll go sit in a course all day and learn about physiology and, and all these kind of things. But then as soon as I s- start thinking about, you know, money, business, these kind of things, especially early on, like I just didn't want to learn it. I neglected it, um, you know, as we all did early on. Yuck. Like, um, But oh, I just see a massive importance with it, obviously, for that, that clarity. Like it's so easy to lose motivation with what you do for a living because you're doing it so often and um, – yeah, I just see a massive, massive importance on on setting goals and, and especially going down that path um, to achieve what you want to achieve to keep that motivation there. You have to keep resetting.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think if you don't get excited about learning about your particular field and applying that knowledge, then maybe you're in the wrong field. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And it's very easy to say for someone who's in a job that they love like myself but but i you know i truly do believe that like you you should no matter what you're doing get some satisfaction out of learning new skills and applying those skills and being successful as a result of that and if you are a coach or a pt there's lots of different skills you can learn it's not just physiology you've got to learn how to communicate with clients Mm. you've got to learn professionalism you've got to gain experience and it's probably that combination of knowledge experience communication and professionalism which is going to make you a great PT Mm. Um, and that's a lot of the time when we rock up to the same courses together (laughs) Um, uh, some of the time it's not even so much learning the physiology it's learning the way they deliver it because with with myself I've gone to some courses and I've walked away and I've gone man I've paid 1200 bucks and I've learnt one thing but I've also learned how these other experts will deliver their message and mm. and it's often in the message delivery that you get the adherence and the buy-in from your clients and that's what gets you the success It's yeah. so it's that's such a good point yeah there's, there's a lot to it so I, I yeah I, I steal little lines and analogies that people use and um, and if that makes it clear in my client's mind why we're we going about something in a certain way then that's made me look like a better coach even though I've stolen it off you know George Shallow yeah, well, Charlotte it's like no one's
1: reinvented the wheel right no. like it's at the end of the day everybody gets their information of someone so like and and I get a bit weird with that when people are like that's mine that's you know I mm. said that it's like yeah we're all on the same journey dude like as long as what I'm doing and I'm relaying is, is making someone else's life better does it really matter like no not in my mind anyway, but I want to touch on that because I think that, like, oh, man, this is this is cool. So I believe that you've, you know, in any moment you've got an opportunity. And, like, when I've presented in the mastery and, and I just, like, there's little things that just, like, they crush me, man. Like, it just gets me frustrated is, like, seeing people on their phone and these kind of things and, and like, not paying attention and, and just, like, it's... I think that is so critical to the progression and also the mentality side in someone's career um especially as a trainer is like you know when you've paid money to go see someone and you've got the opportunity to learn off someone who's probably world class right or they're they're very good at what they're doing pay attention like every single second because like you said it might only be one line that you get out of that 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 one line could mean like it could just mean the world it could, it could change everything yep. right but it's that critical thinking of well i need like when i read a book man like i write notes on everything like i don't just sit there and read like i've got pen and paper and i, I write as much as i can after i'm done i read it again and then before i go to bed i read it again wow right but that's for me is like the like I would do the same if I was in a in a in a seminar. Like I would write notes on the things that I need that that catch my eye, but I would be listening 100% of the time. And yep. it's it's funny that you said that because it's like that's the the critical thinking side of um, absorbing information and like you said you might only want one thing from that seminar. that one thing could change everything absolutely right and that's why i like this 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 podcast is called pivotal conversations purely because i know how important conversations can be right like your ability to be critical like that and that's that transfers over across everything like if you're you know there's one thing that i learned the previous guest that we had on um, brendan ian bodejo he's a nfl player from the states like his thing is like the way you do something is the way you do everything and it's like it's that like it's you know if you're not paying attention in a seminar like you know you're just not going to take the opportunities and and as you know like, like you said like we go back to bodybuilding and this is like tying in it's all tying in now but you know to be a pro athlete or to be successful um in you know, as a coach as a bodybuilder whatever you're trying to do right it's all about taking these little opportunities and if you can like it's not like we're versing each other but if you don't take the opportunity there will be someone else that does it and that's my mind mindset as well It's like okay well i've got an opportunity in front of me is that high on my priority list if it is if you have to stay up for two days to do it you're doing it like you're taking that opportunity because i just know how critical five seconds can be in any moment and it's it's that that like i mean you know as i said my, my big thing now is like just the business making sure the mastery And everything, but it's like you know. Again, I've got these opportunities. Like sometimes you can read a book, man, and like you you can you could have read a page, and then you're just like, well, I don't even remember reading that. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that. Do you know what I mean? Like, and for me, it's like that one thing I tied back was like, no, no, no. Like you can't do that. Write notes, and if you know, if I find myself doing that, I go back. Like I'm, you know, on my audio, my audible thing, I'm continuously pressing go back, go back, go back, because for me, it's like the. That's why I, I love philosophy because it's like. It, it allows me to piece things together like I'm very intuitive in the way I think I'm not analytical so I know that I can if, if something if I learn something properly I may not understand it right then but then you know two weeks later when I'm talking to Susan about something I'm just like bang and it's just like piecing together right yep. and um, oh, man I I love that, that you said that because I think it becomes so important just for that reason
0: yeah and look I mean I think I think you can even look at it just purely from an analytical or a financial returns perspective. The courses can look expensive on the outside. Like, you know, they really can. But if I am spending $1,200 to listen to Jordan Chalo and Ben Pakulski talk mm. uh, for a day and I do only learn one thing and I'm going to learn a lot more from those two guys. But yeah. if I do only learn one thing... What could that mean from a financial perspective? Well, if that means the retention of one client who pays me a hundred dollars a week because I fixed something that another trainer couldn't fix, Mm. well, they need to hang on to them for 12 more weeks. And now I've made my money back and now I'm making more money off them. And then what if I've I've improved something that other trainers couldn't do and as a result, they give me referrals? Like Mm. it, it doesn't take much uh, when it comes to the application of that knowledge to get your financial return, so I really think upskilling knowledge-wise and investing in that will come back to you tenfold at at least.
1: Hundred percent, and that's the quantitative mindset. Like, um, it's it's funny. Like, I think it's hard to think that way. Like, it really took me time. Like, I didn't do, it never started that way. But I remember the first course I ever did. I think it was Sebastian Orbes. Mm-hmm. Strength System One, like it was been six years ago or something. Um, like I, I just, I walked away from that thinking I'd have learned so much, but then I think you know, within three months after that, my business had grown naturally, and I mean, he just taught me how to deadlift properly. Yep. Like it was something that simple, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I've gone away, I've implemented it. You know, all of a sudden, I'm putting up videos of people deadlifting. You know not massive amounts of weight, yeah. but in the gem pop world, right? Like that's that's something that, be, you know, was impressive. And my business grew, like people wanted to, to do that. They wanted to be taught that, right? Yep. And I think, again, that's just a, a real-time example um, of kind of how knowledge can really catapult your business. And the compounding effect of it is like, you know, you may not be able to apply what you learn for another six months, but if you're doing a course every three, like... Yep. You know, you're getting that application of it, and then you know you might tie some dots between you know different courses and different things, and and I think this is where goal setting comes in because you can really start to create your own education pathway of what you want to learn based on kind of the type of coach you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think there's you know we're in a we're in a place right now in the industry where there's so many courses, yeah, and there's so many great um, great courses out there and seminars that you can do. Um, so it's uh, you know. Th- if there's one message we can get out of this it's go do the courses right and and accumulate that and then think critically in the moment because there's another thing as well and, and I like you mentioned it before with bodybuilding and it's like the accumulation like you talked about not cheating on your diet right it's you know it's it's because on the day that stuff matters mm-hmm. right like that's the that's the ten right is like that on the day when you have to get on stage and you're either going to have a heap of confidence or you're not it's because you've accumulated and that's like for me that's the the mindset that goes into a professional athlete like getting to that level um or or you know somewhat around that area or being getting to the best is is that's the it's the accumulation of those little critical moments and i try to apply that in the way i think about business and and progressing my career and it's like okay well you know if x is coming to the country and they're presenting and there's someone that i believe i really want to learn off from a, a standpoint of I, I agree with what they say and, you know, there's someone I really want to see. It's like, you know, I'm going to see him. Mm-hmm. Like, I will I will move heaven and earth to do so. Like, you know, and I did that. Like, I, I'm pretty sure when I booked Sebastian Horv's course back in the day, I reckon I had... I reckon it was my, like, the money I had saved. Like, because my business yeah. wasn't doing well then. Like, it was just, you know, I think I was making, like, maybe $400 a week. Yep. Right? And, like i had saved like 50 dollars a week and i was like oh god like you know this is like i think it was like 600 bucks or something and back then I was, like, I was like man like i was making like i was i wasn't even making close to that yeah right and and um on a weekly basis and i was like oh shit like oh should i do it should i do it and then i did it and then all of a sudden i was like man i'm never questioning whether to do something like that again and i want to get it almost made me want to Progress my business and my you know my my career further because I want to do more. Like I fell in love with like what it could do mm. and and what I would learn and just being around someone of um you know that age where that you just learn a lot and you're also you're one of the thing that you also get to be around people that are li- like you like yes. that want to learn like that's something that's it's really cool as well like. Um, having the ability to to kind of be around people that are on the same crusade and then you just network you learn a th- few things like i learn a lot of things off people that i would just connect with you know from following them and following their business and see how they do things like you know most successful people go to these things and and i mean i don't like to use the word successful but it's like you know most people that are doing okay in the industry they, they're at these things and like you yep. can you can learn a lot just from following them and, and networking um which is really really cool um Cool. So, what are your what would you say your main philosophies are now as a
0: coach? Oh, that's that's a really big, broad one because they're constantly evolving, and, and I guess it's dependent on the the client itself mm. and, and their goals. Um, I guess I would more so these days I'll be prioritising health. Like extreme bodybuilding is not necessarily health related from a physical and from a psychological standpoint. You you would find that most bodybuilders would have markers of eating disorders and, you know, emotional attachments to food and and, and things like that by the time they get to a competition. And it's kind of ironic that the very things that will create good adherence are the very things that will create eating disorders when it comes to, you know, eating repetitively, eating bland food, all these things, uh, following meal plans as as opposed to if it fits your macros and stuff like that. And that stuff, it it has been proven that it's easier to adhere to that. Uh, So that's great for a competitive bodybuilder, but it's also a good way to end up with an eating disorder. So um, I guess for my everyday clients, I would be preaching um, physical and mental health when it comes to their their approach and giving them that that flexibility Mm -hmm. so that they can be normal functioning members of society as well as achieving their goals. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, I've got a lot of high-end competitors. I've got people which want to be the absolute best in their field. And that's going to take a step back in in that regard. Like you're going to have to be... Unbalanced and perhaps even unhealthy for a period of time and then just be aware of what it's going to take to get you out of that situation. Um, so I guess yeah, my, my philosophies are constantly evolving. Mm. I used to be a very physio- physiology-based coach. Mm. I, I was science. This is it. This is how you do it. Do it. And I wasn't really interested in the psychological cues and things like that that made mm. people buy in and be able to carry it out. But now that I work with a vast array of people and they have far greater differences in psychology than they probably even do physiology and there's still a large physiological variance um i'm becoming more and more fascinated in that and how i can get people which are invested in different things and uh motivated by different things to get a great outcome um that's that's kind of where my my mind's going with the coaching yeah beyond that it's hard to say like coaching, coaching philosophy. It very much depends on, on who I'm working with. Yeah. top
1: You know, one thing that and you actually presented on this in the mastery is, is your ability to actually coach someone. Um, where have you learned that? And, and kind of, you know, is it just through uh, pure, or expo- uh, sheer experience or is it, you know, do you read books on, on how to deal with people or, you know, how have you kind of gone to that level? And do you, what do you, how much do you think it's played a role in your success as a coach? Uh,
0: I think it's played a fairly big role. Um, and I've learnt it probably on the job, to be honest, like because I've I've done a lot of things wrong. Like I, I was very lucky in my coaching career began probably pre-social media. So I wasn't torn to shreds for all the stupid things I did early on mm-hmm. in my coaching career, which you probably would be now. You'd probably be eaten up and spat out before you even got started if you did some of the dumb stuff i did in the beginning um and in the beginning i was probably very ruthless had no compassion um i accepted nothing but the best because i was doing the best why wasn't everyone else doing the best um so i made a lot of mistakes and i guess i just had to learn from those mistakes it's, it's like anything if you want to retain clients uh, you have to be able to communicate with them and you have to get them to be able to buy into what you're asking them to do and there's different ways to do that so I think I just learnt a lot on the fly I I have spoken to a lot of good coaches and I've been to a lot of good coaching seminars and I guess they've given me some insight as well and I'm, I'm still learning more and more and more and I am trying to invest in my education on the psychological side of it which I never thought I would do mm. uh, because I was so science-based at the science degree and you know I was right into that aspect of it but um, yeah it's it, it mostly experience but also through networking with other good coaches I would say and I, I still no one's got a perfect strike rate no one you know like I don't have 100% client retention uh, and I fully accept that there are going to be some clients which may be better off with another coach mm. and it's not necessarily because that coach is more knowledgeable than me it's just the way they gel it's just their personalities and their chemistry and things like that there's there's those people out there and I'm, I think Probably my ability to accept that is also makes me a good coach. If if I've got issues with a client, I'll tell them it's not working out, yeah. um, and and they're better off finding someone else who can you know work with them more in in, in more in line with what they're seeking. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I if I actually answered that question in a very roundabout no, way. No,
1: well, I think you know uh, uh, I think it just speaks truths to the long term mindset that you're in. Like you know you've been in the industry for as a coach
0: oh probably 15 years
1: cool so i would have been like 10 there you go (laughs) but that's and that's that's the thing is like you're still in it and you're still learning and you're still going to all these seminars and i think like it's sometimes that gets lost is like you've you probably like if you're a personal trainer out there right now you sh- like if you're going to do this for the next 40 years 50 years like for your whole life which you can mm. like we're in a- we're in a place right now where it's it's you know you can you can really make a successful career so it's like that's that's like the the long-term mindset and that's like your ability to learn on the fly with clients and take you know learning different things from obviously you know your networking and stuff like that but also your ability to learn off the clients you're working with mm. and look at you know man, i've made I continuously make mistakes. Like I just think about it in my head. It's like, you know, these, but even just from the one thing that I'm trying to do is just be so even in the way I deal with my clients, like not react emotionally to anything because like that's when things go wrong and especially from a psychological standpoint and, you know, obviously dealing with people in comp prep, like, you know, if you're within the five weeks out, Mark, like you can't afford any spats and fights and little Mm -hmm. things like that. So I think obviously it becomes more critical there and, and that could maybe be why... You've excelled in that area because you see the importance of it. But I think it's that long-term... That's why the Mastery Program is called the Mastery Program. Like, mastery, there is no destination. It's this long-term mindset of just continuous growth and, and development and and you know more knowledge more knowledge and and all and you fall in love with it right like because yeah. I think the more you learn the more you realize you don't know like absolutely um, you know the more I'm learning about I'm, I'm investing heavily in the mind and and the psychological side as well it just fascinates me like I but the more I realize I'm like wow like you know there's just so much that I have to learn and there's so much that we still don't know as an industry or in that field as well so I think it's that you know that that ability to rem- like if you're in a rush right with your, with with trying to grow your business or anything like that, and I understand that the financial side comes into it. Like Mm -hmm. if there's financial stress there, then obviously it's going to be hard to do. But a lot of the times, a lot of the time your decisions will be hindered based off that, based off the short term mindset. So, you know, and I've been there, man, like I've made a ton of shit decisions based off short term mindsets that, you know, um, Probably would be more financial, financially variable. Um, one thing that I am trying to do now, and, and really critical on it, is that long-term mindset. Always making decisions that are going to be good for me long-term. Um, it's good, you know, good for my clients long-term, and that that long-term mindset with mastery, it, and it's helped me remove any burden. Like I can just chill out now. I can learn what I want to learn. I can implement what I want to implement with business, and I've just found a really good flow. And again, it's not removing that the fact that i need to work hard like i still love working hard i need that stimulus and i love that stimulus um but i'm in a place where i don't have to do it because i need to work mm. i'm doing it because i love it yeah yeah right and i think like that's something that a lot of people can learn from yourself right is like you know, you've know, you been a coach for 15 years you've been in bodybuilding for for longer Right? And it's like that long-term mindset is like, you're still going to seminars. You're still loving Absolutely. every single second of it. And I think that comes from the fact that you just know, right? And, and it comes with experience, right? Like, you know, you had asked me this three years ago, I would've been like, like I probably wouldn't have said the same thing, but, and that's like the, the continue um, adapt the, like the, the continuous adaptivity from it. If that's the word, I don't know. <laughs> ah, but, Sounds good. Yeah, cool. Um, we'll go with it. Um, but it's that 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 continuous like wanting to grow, but without the burden of needing to be anywhere, but still having outcomes that give you direction. Like I think that's that's something that um, I've definitely learned over the last couple of years and placed massive emphasis on.
0: Yeah, look, I I feel like as long as I've been in this industry and as much energy I've invested into it, I'm scratching the surface in every facet. Like I'm I'm dabbling, uh, you know with the minutia like if you speak to you're very lucky the mastery program exposes you to people which are just masters mm. absolute masters and when you see the depth and the knowledge that they can possess in their particular field you go wow i'm lucky that i know 10 of what they know and if i know 10 percent of what they know i'm going to know more than 90 of other trainers yeah so that's where i am i'm not i'm not the best at anything I'm really not and I fully accept it I'm not the smartest coach I'm not the most experienced I'm not the greatest communicator you know I'm not the most professional but I make sure I'm good at every one of them and that makes me better than 99% of coaches. And right. I, I truly I truly believe that. And and I just acknowledge the things that I need to learn more of and I go about learning those things as best I can. I'll probably never be a master of psychology because it's not, I'm just not as passionate about it as, as I am about the physiological side. Yeah. That'll probably always be my strength, but I'll acknowledge it's it's maybe a weakness. And it certainly was early in my career and I'll learn about it. And, you know, it's going to put me in a lot better stead than someone who's just unwilling to learn these things. And, and like you said, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know, and the more things open up that I need to learn more about. Uh, and it's just a never-ending process, and it's a personal growth. It, it's it, I'm I'm just growing as a person, and that's allowing me to reach more people. It's it's pretty simple stuff, but yeah. if you just sit still, you know, like you can't expect your business to evolve sitting still. Like right? yeah. you have to invest in you.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know something that you you said before is, um. I just lost my chain of thought, but it was more around, like the, the internal part of that. Like you know the uh, instead of placing emphasis on everything that's external to you, right? Like money and these kind of things. Like just man, all i all I care about right now is the fact that I get to read for three hours every morning. Like yeah. that's the best part of my day and it's because it makes and when i don't do it i feel a bit i get a bit edgy right because i don't feel like i'm progressing like it's and that's where i find my progress is my just my ability to learn on the fly and and doing things like that um becomes really really important um and i just remembered what i what i thought about before it's you you know you're you are an expert to someone right Mm. like you you know um, a lot of the time if you get caught up in um comparing yourself to these people that are you know maybe you know a little bit further down the line than you you know um it can stop you in your tracks because you know you are placing judgment on yourself and for me it's like well you know at the end of the day whether you you could be someone who is been in the industry for six months like and but you are an expert to someone yeah and you can help someone and and you know like again it's like creating that education pathway on from where you want to be right or like the type of coach you want to be is just like yeah cool just focus on the clients you have focus on the people you are an expert for and you can help right and that's how you kind of create the consistency and that that standard of what your business represents mm. but always strive to be more right always strive to to learn more to educate yourself and start to mold yourself into the coach like from a very uh, from very early on when i really started to take my business seriously was purely off the fact that i had a conversation with my stepdad kevin and you know i i kind of looked at what the mindset did like i didn't have a strong mindset if that's even what we want to call it but i just i didn't have this mentality of progression and wanting to do and be more and it completely changed when i just had this like little conversation with him and then i was like okay well there's something here right so then now it's like it's you know i've still obviously learned the physiology and i learn all of that stuff because i have to Mm -hmm. right like but my passion is the psychology. It's like, how can I get people who, and I actually pride myself on getting people that are in probably um, that are the furthest away from achieving their goal. Like, I love the f- getting someone who's c- that far away from their goal and then changing their psychology and getting them to think in a different way and then they can start achieving it it's like what their goals are. Like that's the type of client I seek out. Probably not a great business model, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But I love it, right?
0: Yeah, so, and, and it's funny because as you educate yourself in that field you will just attract those sorts of clients and that's the way your business evolve and it'll involve evolve down your sort of passion. And I, I'm the opposite. If you look at my client base you would say they're all fairly rational unemotional mm. scientifically driven I've got some pretty hardcore clients and that's just because that's the direction I've driven myself mm. and I've driven my business and as a result I'm have a, a client base that I love you know because I've really worked hard to acquire all the skills to cater for them Mm. Uh, to be able to answer every one of their scientific based questions and and to give them enough psychological support to get them through when they when they um need it, but it's funny i I just remembered something you were talking about before, and that was the the mindset um aspect of it and probably and being calm and unemotional when it comes to clients because probably the most common feedback I get from my clients once I get them to the stage is. They won't say, oh, it's amazing what you did with my carb load or, you know, I can't believe, you know, how you managed to get my body fat down. Or they, they won't say that. They'll always say, the best thing about you was coming to see you each week and you're always so calm and you were always... I you know, always left there feeling much more at peace with how, how everything was going because as compact clients, they work themselves up mm-hmm. into this angsty type situation where they're really kind of walking on eggshells the mm-hmm. last few weeks. And I think um, it, that... that that aspect of it, like if if a client isn't going well, I'll look at them and I'll know they're not going well and I'll know they're behind schedule, but it's just the message that you convey at that point of, okay, all right, we're not exactly where we want to be, so these are the changes we're going to make, so we get you exactly where you need to be in a couple of weeks' time and this mm-hmm. and that and that, and they've gone from going there, oh, I'm fat, I'm never going to make it, it's a nightmare, To all right these are the steps I have to follow to get to where I need to be. Like, it's just, it's really, yeah, it's it's funny how the delivery and just that unemotional uh, approach to it can really, really help people.
1: Yeah, well, and I think if, you know, like it's, it's there's two sides to that. There's, you know, the ability for it to help other people, but there's also the ability for it to help you make better decisions, right? So, mm-hmm. um, all right, last question. So, this is a question that we, I ask everyone is, um, you know, was there a conversation... Or a, a conversation in your life that really made some type of change. You don't have to kind of go into the conversation, but was there one, and, and what was the realm it was in? That it could have been through bodybuilding, it could have been as a coach.
0: Yeah, look, uh, there was strangely there was one conversation that leaps to mind, um, and it was during a particular phase of my life where I guess you could say I was pretty unhappy. I was pretty unhappy like and it was despite the fact that I was achieving certain levels of success a, as a bodybuilder and and things like that I was really unhappy like I like a don't want to get on the you know depression train or anything like that but I was probably clinically depressed I, yeah. I really was and I I don't know why and someone was saying to me you've got nothing to be depressed about look at your life look at your job look at your body look at this you have nothing to be depressed about and if you keep seeking something to fix your mindset and never actually look at your mind and just choose to be happy you'll never be happy mm. and i just it, i have no idea why they they literally just said you have to choose to be happy if you want to be happy mm. and from that moment on i Invested in my internal thought process and whenever it went negative, I turned it positive and I just built up these psychological habits to make me happier. And now, if you were to get inside my mind, you would think this is a sickly place of joy and there's rainbows and puppy dogs and whatever else. Like, it's a very happy place, my mind. And I made it that way. Mm. Like, I literally did. It went from a very... Unhappy place, a very dark place with a lot of negative self-talk mm. that was significantly holding me back in absolutely every aspect of my life. Mm. To a brain that tells itself how brilliant and funny it is all day, you know. Yeah, like well, it's- I think
1: that just that <laughs> emphasises the significance of um mindfulness, right? Like, mm. it's just you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I think sometimes we think it has to be done in a certain way, like it doesn't. Like, mindfulness is, you know, I know there's there's three steps to it. It's one is obviously being conscious of the thought identifying the thought mm-hmm. um re it so kind of moving it away from the, the the self if that makes sense like and then the third part is changing the habit so when you think like that you need to be able to consciously identify it be like you know, you, you know. i i use the alter ego so i call myself carl like, and I, yeah, like it's funny. Cause I like, I fucking hate the name Carl. I' like, yeah. Sorry to all the cars out there, but it annoys me. And, but it makes me laugh. Cause I'm like sitting in the shower being like, shut the fuck up, Carl. Like, yep. but it's funny, but it's like, you know, that's just a concept. And then, oh, you know, you can use a habit to, um, you know, re from a neurological standpoint, like I've actually researched this, you use a habit to change the circuit mm. and the pathway and the gating one through the actual brain, which is, it's really cool. Um,
0: yeah, I, ne- I never would have believed it because I knew. Again, I was a science guy. Physi- physiologically, I knew I could change my body, but I didn't. I thought my mind was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. I thought this is the way it is. I'd just talk myself down. I'm just upset and angry and whatever else. And I it, and the revelation that you could change your mind, which in turn could change every aspect of your life, was mind blowing to me. And it was, it kind of even the person that delivered it to me was like I shouldn't say nobody but but it was a really it wasn't someone I looked up to it wasn't anyone of significance in my life they just kind of blurted it out and it was probably the the most profound thing that's ever been said to me yeah well and bizarre. I mean like most influential yeah
1: pivotal conversations man yeah. like it's it's crazy like 5 seconds can change everything yeah it's cool all right we're going to wrap it up there um thanks for coming on man Pleasure. Um, really cool conversation uh, i think they're going to like it so um